spidey senses tingling. Hello, R&B legend, Slim Brown. Nice to see you. Slim Brown? Slim yeah, Brown. James Brown. James no. Brown, you know. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's a You've stretch. Had better. You've had stretch. better. That was too much. A little bit. Welcome to the Paper Cake Podcast, where we talk about industry news. We have a book club book. Yeah. Starman. Starman. Volume one. Starman. And we uh, we talk about books we're reading, you know, too. Yeah. And uh, we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Live to tape. Letters at papercake.com. That's why you guys write in. Uh, this could be no hyperbole. Biggest show we've ever done. It has to. You're behind your uh, BDS I, desk I over there. I have a control center right now. <laughs> he is amazing. Uh, welcome to the show. He's back. Mark Farrington, who we can now call successfully published writer. Oh, Mark Farrington, so welcome jealous. back. It is so good jealous. to be back, guys. Some of the best shows you ever had in the last two weeks. Ah, thank you. Loved Thanks, them. Mark. We, Coinc- missed, we missed you, though. Coincidence mm. that you weren't here for those? I don't think so. Shout out to the Zytuses. My mm. newest competition. They were good. Is it just me, or is Mark's just bassier than normal this week? I don't know. He's got honey in his is voice. It? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. You're mm. sultry. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you most of all. Uh, welcome back to the show. Not yet a published writer. He, he is have... working hard to get that done. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mother probably loves his work. <laughs> Jonesy loves beer. Welcome to the show. And uh, thank you for uh, coming to the new uh, Paper Keg Show Den. Oh, yeah. You know, happy Officially, you guys. The, the new show you den. Know, I, got a, I got Slim a Command Center. <laughs> you know, uh, Dale has his own sofa. Feels so uh, good right Mark now. Mark is a dining room chair, but we're working on something for him. It feels lovely. As long as we get him a coffee table, put his foot up on, That's we're going to be just fine. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, it's soon. It's and coming. finally, the fourth host of the show from the bowels of New Jersey, podcast bad boy, internet celeb, some would say. Dale underscore A, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is uh, is very good to be here. It is the season for paper keg, as I like to say. You do like to say that. I do. And I appreciate it. Oh, we... wow. I just saw Dale's uh, iPad background. Yeah? It says, it? Uh, that's an Umberto work. We I, see that. I think we talked about his background like nine times in the show. We have, yeah. Ooh. Drink two. <laughs> Made me weak in my knee highs. <laughs> Speaking of drink two, yeah. might we have a, a, a not this episode. Oh, Next okay. week, it's, right. it's still being. Prepared. We're still compiling it. We're still compiling. I'm not sure. We have a sister podcast. I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with yeah, the right. term "dorky little sister with braces." Right, pigtails. You know, it gets made fun of a lot. Uh, but we still kind of love her since we're if, related. If you are fans of you know the John Stump of the world, the Jumpy as we call him, you know he's got a big internet following. John Stump. Formerly yeah. of the Graphically, competitor to my company, Gra- Comicsology. Classic jumpy. Uh, he's got a podcast with some friends, Cameron, at Gobo. Got a couple hundred podcasts. He does. <laughs> he's got a podcast. Uh, check them out. Podcast, uh, uh, 
papercake.com slash west. Check them out. Good show. We got a big show ourselves. Papercake Prime, original recipe. Let's, let's refocus here. Let's refocus. Gen Z, once again, his side has just taken the show off the rails. <laughs> uh, Dark Knight Rises. Trailer's out. Just saw it for the first time moments ago. Moments ago live. On my 4-bit YouTube app. <laughs> Uh, the PS3 app is an abomination. It's terrible. Uh, but we saw it. We did see what's, it. What's the overall vibe that we got in this room right now? What's your vibe, former DC historian, now published writer, Mark Farrington? How can you not be excited? It's the end of the trilogy. You got Batman. You got Catwoman. You got Bane. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Catwoman kind of came off to me as like some kind of... Princess Diaries. Yeah, besides that. Yeah. Uh, some like bastardized version of the Occupy movement when she's like, oh, you can't live here this whole time and expect <laughs> us to do nothing. And then uh, I saw no uh, clips of her in the costume during the trailer. Just do you want to see Selena. her in the costume? Well, I want, you know, I've only seen the stills and they're terrible. So I'm hoping seeing her yeah, in action will true. make it look better. Like I definitely came around on Bane's outfit since seeing the stills and then watching the trailer. And I'm kind of curious that uh, no upgrade to Batman's armor in this uh, He's retired. It's been like, what, eight years, five eight years? Yeah, all said? the more reason for him to Why come back he... with some new spanking armor. He doesn't have time. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm just asking. Just, these are the questions nerds want to know. Rumor has it he might have had his back broken in the beginning of this movie. That's right. It's a rumor by Bane. Jonesy, I was thinking what you were about Catwoman and the whole bastardized Occupy movement. I IMDB'd the trailer just to see who was in it. They casted Holly Robinson. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. They casted, <laughs> they casted uh, some chick to be Holly Robinson, showing that they're gonna bring up Catwoman's prostitute size from year one. So they're gonna really? get a little authentic. All right. At All least right. she didn't like lick her forearm and then rub her head with it like Michelle Pfeiffer down <laughs> <Yeah>, here. <laughs> what's up? I just have. I mean, it's a teaser trailer, indeed. What, what's up with the Alien Three prison that you see Bruce in? With all the MC Escher steps, it's yeah. maybe that's the. I think Charles Dutton was there. I think that's a flashback to his days training under uh, Ducard. I don't know. Alfred was Slash beside Ross. him, wasn't well, it? I had heard. Yeah, no. I had heard that yeah. Ducard is back in this movie, at least in flashback. Well, uh, we can't really talk to Mark about anything about this movie because we have to tell a small story. Uh, Mark, well, it hearts. started yesterday at about 1 p.m. when I Mark, went down to can tailgate. I, can I tell the story if you can? Yeah, please. Let's Slim tell us about her. I was on the. Twi- I'll be back. I was on the Twitter, you know, minding my own business on the yeah, Twitterific. You do. Twitterific, and uh, I see this post from Mark, you know, the former DC historian, <laughs> saying that he has just seen the second trailer to The Dark Knight Rises, and he's very excited to see Robin Williams uh, in the film. Now, let me just let that simmer on everyone listening right Right. now. Fan or not, Robin Williams in the new Batman. So, you know, myself, I like to think I'm on the up and up. I I read this seven times, and I'm like, what on earth is happening? Is he trolling me? Am I being mega-trolled right now? Slim chuckled because he thought it was a good troll. (laughs) Yeah, I was successfully trolled, so I I second-guessed myself. I was like, Robin Williams is not in this film. We would have heard something about this by now. So I actually Googled this. I thought I was going insane. <laughs> you typed in those I words. I was like, Robin Williams' Dark Knight Rises. Tell me I'm not losing my mind. So I, I see that, you know, last year he was rumored to be in the movie. And there's a link to a fan trailer that someone made using clips from the first two Batman movies, Aeon Flux, 
Is that what that was? Uh, yeah. <laughs> other, I wonder what that. What's the other uh, uh, Christian Bale movie when he was, it was like the Matrix? Equilibrium. Equilibrium clips are in there. Oh my god! Uh, Patch Adams was in there. The movie, (laughs) the movie where he played the, uh, I think it was another Christopher Nolan movie where Robin Williams was like the psychopath killer. One hour photo. Not running out of tape. Not one hour photos. A different one. Oh, the one where he's in the mist, like the mist film, whatever that was. So I mean, so the fact of the matter is, Mark watched a fan trailer. (laughs) With no new footage and thought that was the trailer for The Dark Knight Rises and was excited about it. I was drinking. My excitement got the better of me. But worse yet, he's say. like, when we asked about the authenticity, he's like, a buddy tipped me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. This is why you don't trailer. go to LCS's looking for news. I mean, whatever comic shop you went to, you should probably never go to again, let's be honest, to I get this tip. I'm, I don't think I can. It was actually a Robin Williams promoter. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams lobbyist. <laughs> you like uh, that Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises, eh? Uh, take a look at this. But uh, back to the real trailer. Uh, Don Garvey made a good point. And he, he thought the one scene, or there was a few scenes there were to a Roland... Emmerich-ish, you know, a little too, a little over-the-top destruction. And the movies have definitely gone up a notch in terms of, you know, the first movie was, like, total grounded in reality, whereas now yeah. the third one is, you know... That bat wing is looks like it's straight out of Aliens. Yeah. I'd and the, the football Runner. field, yeah. you know, being exploded. My only initial fear is that it suffers from the third superhero movie curse of too many villains. Spider-Man 3 had that problem. Superman 3 had it. Well, so X3. F- so far, the only one I've seen is just Bane, I guess, and just his army of followers. You've got Bane. Yeah. You've got Catwoman. We don't know what side she'll be on. And I thought I heard Sexy that there's man. another character, another villain. Uh, well, <laughs> everything you're saying is suspect. Thought, <laughs> thought I heard. Thought I heard. Mork from Mork and Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> He travels through time to come to Gotham lands to wreak havoc. Lands in his spaceship egg. <laughs> I hate you all. Ugh, I'm excited though. Yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't awesome. as I didn't think it was obviously as good as the Joker one. Well, really, how do you how do you go up from there? If the third movie was written for the Joker and then the Joker's gone, yeah. I mean, really, wasn't the third one supposed to open with the trial of the Joker? I believe so. Yeah. <sighs> That would have been amazing. It was it supposed amazing. to? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was, I don't know if they leaked the script, but some of the, during the interviews for uh, The Dark Knight Rises, they were talking about, you know, if Heath had lived, you know, this was the story points they were going to touch on. Mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, Killian Murphy being back in it to help tie up the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Scarecrow? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Cillian Murphy? Again, Mark, again, that was the fake trailer. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, you know it what? Was. Never mind. I, I hate you all. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is he st- <laughs> oh, man. I hate you all. This is something. He just trolled me because I was like, hey, <laughs> I must have missed that part. <laughs> he's not trolling you. He's trolling himself. His right. entire existence has been trolled. Jody Foster <laughs> is in the background. <laughs> I'm speaking when spoken to for the remainder of this episode. Uh, oh, Jody Foster plays a new Robin, I think. <laughs> yeah. Dale's so angry, he hunched up in his chair like, what? <laughs> I pulled up his pants a little bit. What? Live on the show. <sighs> what a debacle. This entire <laughs> film. Moving on. This Moving episode. On. Oh, ge- uh, oh, God. Can we, go, can we continue? Can we get much better than this? We want... <laughs> <laughs> the entire... Uh, well, let's get into the DC. We wanted to talk about briefly, you know, what books we maybe are, are still reading at the new DC 52. Um, 
you know, it's uh, what, six months in? Four? Three. Three. Oh, Starting in September. Feels, feels like a year. It's the fourth month, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think we've had a good run. Maybe we should talk about what books we're still reading, what we've dropped hard in that time. <laughs> Uh, Mark, what are you what are, what are you still reading in the news? Redeem yourself right now. I'm reading uh, about ten titles. Cross section. I've got Action Comics. God, ten titles. Wonder Woman. I forgot about that. Batwoman, Nightwing, Justice League. Two of the Green Lantern books. Oh God. Static. Red Lantern and something else. I can't even remember. I'm not excited about the new 52. Red Lantern. I read the first. I don't understand how Red Lantern is a book. Aren't they villains? And they're yeah. angry Red Lanterns? They're trying to turn them into anti-heroes. So they're trying to give them like, motivation for being as angry and rageful as they are. How's mm-hmm. that working? Eh, it not worked, so much. It worked in the animated series. I mean, it, you just have to was see that, it their way. Which one was that? The Unlimited or the new one? Green Lan- the, uh, new the, one. the new one that just had the pilot. The CGI Green Lantern. They were enslaved by um, the green, uh, the manhunters or something. They were slaughtered, etc. Poor guys. They yeah. actually no. I agree with Dale. They gave them depth in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's one of those books that you're just asking yourself, how much mileage can they get out of this? Yeah, but, I can't imagine a whole lot. Well, you got to ask yourself that about a couple of the books that were. I mean, what about Mr. Terrific. That was yeah. a questionable edition. I'm trying so hard to like it and failing miserably. It's just not good. I read one of those. You know how they'd have those goofy interviews in mm-hmm. the back of all the books about the uh, they they're interviewing the creative team on each book, and each of the creative team's responses could be replaced with any other <laughs> response because they're so high level in general. Yeah. But there was the one about Mister Terrific and his terrific spheres, his T spheres. Mm. I threw the book across the room. <laughs> <laughs> T spheres, get out of here! Get out of here, T spheres. <laughs> Uh, I was initially excited at first for Static Shock, and I just haven't had the desire to read even... I don't think I've read issue two yet, and I was so high on that book. I don't know what happened. I had to force myself to do it, and I love Static from his cartoon series with Dwayne McDuffie writing it. Mm-hmm. Being a fan of Static, this is not a good book. I think I've, I haven't read issue three yet of Justice League International, but I'm still into that. Uh, action... I still can't get over how action... Is taking a break. It's like a two-issue break from the cliffhanger ending of the last issue. It's three issues, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, because it's yeah. five, six. It's back like in to be continued seven. in issue seven, and they're That's they're only on issue four. Why would uh, they do that? I have no idea. What are you talking about? I read issue four, suspense. but I'm not following issue you. Issue four ends with I think him seeing the shrunken city, where like the part of the city that was shrunk is like a crater. You know, it's gone. Yeah, and then it's at the bottom. It says to be continued in issue seven. But next, something, something, something. And, like, the next issue is five. So we have to wait two issues for them to get to the shrunken city of Candor. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Bottled city of Candor. That's Brainiac. No, that's it's not this one. But that's not Brainiac's motif. Or, is he writing the book? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm writing the book. But I guess what I was trying to say is uh, Didio was big on saying that they're going to replace creative teams, and we've seen them replacing people who aren't keeping up. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they'd be doing a fill-in story now. That's got to be Grant just ban- bouncing around. I know, but I don't. I just don't understand why they would do that. I mean, yeah. maybe you know, we'll see when the issue comes out. But Batman obviously is still a pick. Batman, yeah, I I wanted to. Uh, we talked last week about my uncanny debacle and wanting me wanting to collect. Right. I wanted to do the same with a detective, but. As of the last You're issue, about Tony Daniel. Yeah, Tony right? Daniel. Yeah, I don't. Why did, I never you, why did a, you pick that that book? Well, I never had a problem with him, and I wanted Detective just because of the 
it's like the oldest comic mm -hmm. just about other than action right i mean so no, i just no, wanted right. to pick that up because it's the flagship dc title or whatever but i don't know i just i can't get into it as much as batman and i gotta start trimming down the trimming down the fat because i'm just buying way too many and i'm buying way too many big two books if you want to call it that I, yeah I feel like I I can trim some of the fat and make room for some more creator own stuff. More bang for your buck on so, image, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So detective, I'm I've I'm dropping because of that. And uh, you know what the the issue that cliffhangered with Gordon's face, like they they immediately erase it in like the first page of that next issue. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't Gordon. This is just some guy with his face or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the next couple issues are are is similar to that. It's it has all has to do with the doll maker and Joker still on the loose, but. It's just not. Uh, it's it's not worth my money to keep picking up. Mm -hmm. um, also, another one was uh, obviously I read the first issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws, but that's I tried reading issue two and it's just like, no way. Why am I doing punishing myself like this? <laughs> <laughs> You're in like a bathroom and splashing like water on your face. Like, what are you yeah. doing, Dale? It's like Goose just died and I'm clenching his dog tags, staring into the. Uh, <laughs> I was, into the mirror. I was initially excited for Swamp Thing, but I haven't read the second or third issue of that book yet. I have it on my iPad. I just haven't you know, read I, them. I haven't read them either. I'm still collecting it because I heard it's still amazing, yeah. but I haven't even read it. I'm just like waiting for that day where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm in the mood to read Swamp Thing, but it just hasn't happened <laughs> yeah. yet. I don't know what it is. I tell you, I'm going to keep uh, Animal Man as long as Jeff Lemire's on it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I want to see where the first arc of Aquaman's going. Uh, yeah, like that's, Mark, that's a good arc. I'm keeping up with uh, Wonder Woman. And the book I started out hating, I love the most, Justice League International. I thought you were going to say Stormwatch. Stormwatch. I was waiting no, for that, too. I'll, I'll never go back to that. <laughs> Are you, any you Paul surprised? Cornell left that book, or he, he is leaving by, good by issue six. <laughs> wow. It's probably because editorial was writing that whole book for him. Maybe. He's like, you guys don't even need me, and walked out. Yeah. I got your back, Paul. Are any of you guys surprised by the sheer number of titles that are just writing for the series again. That was one of the initiatives yeah. that I thought that they were going away with yeah. specifically. I was thinking the other day, like, what's going to happen once the, the first story arcs are done? Like in February, where they're all kind of wrapping up, and it's just back to business as usual. Yeah, I I, th I, don't, I think it's going to be back to business as usual, and then that's when things are going to start falling to the wayside. You know, n real n sales numbers are going to start to shape up. Right. Um, I think they were... You always got to watch out for what they don't say in the press releases and when when they announced the new 52 and all that they never you just read that it's going to be all new and all awesome but it's what they don't say and what they purposely leave out and that's the kind of the sticky side of that uh, stuff we might live in a crazy world where they reboot every year <laughs> you know well, yeah, they kind of left that open at that flashpoint uh issue remember where they showed him running and then the mysterious woman was talking about the merge that needs to happen between this new universe and the old universe. Yeah, whatever happened to that crazy bitch? I guess we'll. F I think that's gonna be like their big crossover event or their their first one. Exactly. Uh, she was in every first issue, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. and um, that's definitely got to be there out if they decide for whatever reason to pull the plug and go back, mm -hmm. or even if they just want to dangle it out for a little bit. And it's so weird that the the ads for the Justice League in those like cereal boxes—they're all wearing the old costumes. I don't know how long ago those were done in advance, but that's weird. The Noel stuff, like Noel, is like a t was supposed to be, which we're going to talk about next week. Christmas book, yeah. Um, Batman Noel. He wore the classic Superman costume in that. 
I thought about that too. Yeah, but he like wore some... the new Batman costume, didn't he? Yeah, but then yeah. also, yeah, um, yeah. No, it was like, like Bermejo it. original. Oh, yeah, that's how Bermejo oh. did it for Joker too. Also, um, oh, maybe. But you would think they would try to have some uniformity. I mean, I think the movie costume he's not going to be wearing red trunks, but that's not really you know their deal anyway. I can say that uh, two two books that actually have benefited. Um, from dropping the price after one month that I started picking up and I love now. Is, uh, one is Nightwing, hmm. and the other one is uh, Demon Knights. Another Cornell. Demon Knights is fun. You know what? It's, it's, it's cool. almost like Stormwatch and Demon Knights are written by two different people. Because I yeah. love Demon Knights. Demon Knights is really Paul entertaining. Paul Cornell is best. Is Stormwatch your standard for mediocrity and failure? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just want to make sure I understood just how much you loathe that book. It's just, it's everything that's wrong with comics in America. Got it. <laughs> in America. <laughs> so you've got Secret Identity and you've got Stormwatch. Yeah, I would say they were almost the opposite ends of the scale. Okay. Secret Identity being the best comic ever made, even though it's about Superman. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can think, I'm trying to think of other books that I've, Justice League I thought he was going to say, uh, Jonesy's opinions do not reflect that no, in the entire the, staff. Um, Have you picked up anything specifically because of the one ninety nine price? Um. No. Um. The the one thing that I noticed, do you, I think it's is it Ty Templeton? Does the name ring a bell? He does he does comic strips online, poking fun at the comics industry. Uh, I think it was him. Uh, he pointed out that there's like this cliffhanger brought back from the dead theme that's in comics all the time nowadays where a comic from the past comes back in the final page and is different and has something to say or you know back from the dead or back from a, a long uh, spell of being gone and he pointed out that Justice League follows that exact formula every issue like where one character comes back at the end of the issue it was, it's happened with Superman in the first issue Aquaman in the third issue and the reveal of Cyborg, I think, in the second issue. Sounds about right. And how it's just kind of formulaic and it's nothing new or exciting. It's kind of tr- it's true, but I I guess Justice like I still kind of find it exciting. I don't know. I guess <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, the, I think it I'm works. the loser that still enjoys it. I don't know. Do you remember watching The Incredibles you for are the first the 99%. time? Nine percent. The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, when Jason Lee does this huge speech about monologuing, mm-hmm. and I guess it's just an internal device that people in the business know, that's something like what yeah. you're just talking about. I didn't recognize it, but now that you pointed it out, you probably only see that from here mm-hmm. on in. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe it's formulaic, and it's a certain a, a certain minority wants something refreshing and new. But for the rest of us, how cool is it that on that last page? Every time, I mean, and we might fall for it every time. Yeah, but it's cool; it gives you tingles. You said it about three episodes ago, Dale. The last show that I was on, that I guess some people might be more interested in the destination as opposed to the journey. So that appeals to the majority who mm-hmm. haven't been reading comics mm-hmm. for twenty years. Yeah, that that's true too. I mean, it's not new for them. It's or it's not old hat for them. It's not formulaic. We're running out of time slim we're running out of time so hard right now we need to move on to the books we're reading uh you know one book per host you know we'll go around the room and we'll talk about it i want to hear from the new homeowner that's me unpublished writer also me (laughs) um we'll get into that you know at some point maybe during the letters we can talk about where mark has been published Maybe we can give it a little plug. 
Yeah. He always gets all the plugs. Um, Jonesy, what are you reading right now? Do you want to talk about? Mouse Guard, Black Axe, number one. There you go. Good book. <laughs> uh, you know, I love the Mouse Guard now. I mean, how can you not love a comic where a mouse can use a leaf as a boat? But uh, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> if you'll recall in the last volume of Mouse Guard, uh, Winter, uh, the Kelwin, I don't know if you want to call it, Kelwin was the character's name, uh, was killed. And he was he had the mantle of the Black Axe, which is this like folk hero of the Mouse Guard. Doesn't carry the standard sword. He has this like almost wrought iron Black Axe that he uses. And uh, this volume tells the origin of the first Black wa- uh, Black Axe, mm-hmm. also named Kelowin. And uh, it's really cool. It's it's some stuff we haven't seen before, like um, the mouse guard using mounts. Like one of the mouse guard uses a, a bird, oh, cool. and then they escape on a duck down the river. And it's 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 just like adding some new mythology to the series. Right. And you know, there's nothing bad you can say about mouse guard. So it, it's also, I think. A perfect, perfect jumping on point for the series. Yeah. Like, if you don't have the time or funds to go back and read volumes one and two, you could jump on this, and um, you don't really need backstory. It's a, it's a great jumping on book. Cool. Yeah. David Peterson, man. He's so, he's, he's so creative. His uh, portrayal of the uh, evil weasel empire that we kind of see, like, the, the prologue for in uh, fall and winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it's hilarious. I don't know. You guys need to read. If you're not reading Mouse Guard right now, uh, just get out. I think it's so it's so simple, but it's so cute. I mean, they they used a duck, like, and she talks to it, and she's like, quack 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 quack. I know it's so amazing, but Kelvin's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm learning its language. It's awesome. You gotta you gotta read Mouse Guard. Like, it's not all crazy with. I mean, not the the secret of Nim because it's awesome. But uh, and it's not so like they're using like woodland real woodland creatures, not the. some something you wouldn't even believe a mouse would ride. It's a duck. It's an <laughs> awesome something duck. you wouldn't believe a mouse would ride. <laughs> Absolutely, that is so absurd. That's you need to put that in the show notes. <laughs> you know as, what I mean? as a quote, <laughs> I uh, on the topic of uh, animal books, I read uh, adorably. I read Owly in bed with my wife the other night. Oh, you did? Oh, I didn't yeah. read that. Yet. Oh, it was good. Nice. It was pretty cute. Yeah. She, did I, you cry? No, Just... I tried to tell her, you know, how the book is done with like the. There's no dialogue. It's just kind of with visual cues and stuff. She dug it, so check out check cool. out Owly if you're not into Mouse Guard. Check out Mouse Guard, which too. you probably are, though. <laughs> you probably hate everything if you're not into Mouse Guard. If you if you want to read a mouse book, but Mice Templar just you know might be too much for you, Mouse Guard's like perfect. I love, yeah, I do love Mouse Guard. I dare you to not like Mouse Guard. That's a dare. That is a f- Big fat. And it's a Mark Dare. I didn't want to like it, and I, I couldn't. I thought you were going to drop the f bomb there. So <laughs> I leave that to you. <laughs> Dale underscore a podcast bad boy from the bowels of New Jersey. Tell you what else I've been catching up on because I haven't read since the issue one that I bought. Yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah, that was Number a book I dropped four. after one. That's good. After four pages in. Tell, but tell, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. So, w- firstly, I'm really kind of puzzled. I know we we brought this up when we first talked about the new 52 and stuff, but they didn't reboot Green Lantern at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a big big argument on Green Lanterns. Now, that's... I, 
Now, I did some thinking about this. This Green Lantern run is sort of like an origin story because Hal Jordan, obviously, you know, will eventually become the Green Lantern again, but it's just really weird how Green Lantern is status quo and 51 other books are not. Well, the, It's just really I weird. Technically, it'd be 50 because Batman hasn't really been goofed around with. Yeah, but it's... Yeah. it's the the at least Bruce Wayne is Batman. The yeah. flavor of Batman has definitely changed since Grant Morrison turned over the title, mm-hmm. and you could say it was a I would say a mild reboot. But Green Lantern is Green Lantern. It's just weird that Hal Jordan isn't the Green Lantern, which the Green Lantern title itself you would think is kind of about Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. and that's weird. He's in it, but he's not the Green Lantern. So we are at issue number four. Sinestro is the Green Lantern, and he has decided to stick it out because his home planet of Kurigar is being overtaken and overrun with his Yellow Lanterns. With no leadership in place, they have gone buck bloody. Is that a word? As uh, Lunas would say. Be. And um, so uh, Sinestro is really cheesed off about that. And he has basically taken Hal Jordan under his wing and said, look, if you want to be the Green Lantern again, do everything that I say. And, I mean, Sinestro, take love it or leave it, he he can make Hal Jordan become Green Lantern again. So Wasn't Sinestro like Hitler in this universe, essentially? Yeah, uh, that's what the Earth Green Lanterns call him. He was the Hitler of Korrigar because huh. he ran it with an iron fist. And now it's being overrun, so there you go. Communism wins. <laughs> Look it up, kids. But um <laughs> So um Green or Sinestro manifests himself a a Green Lantern ring for Hal Jordan. So it's kinda like piggybacking on the power of Sinestro. They go to Kurigar to uh try to clean up clean up uh the house. That sounded bad. And um they both wind up in jail, basically. Mm. And uh, at the end of the issue, it's kind of funky, but Hal Jordan's talking through the jail cell to Sinestro because the rest, basically, a ton of other Korrigarians are in the jail cell with Sinestro, and they all want to kill Sinestro because Sinestro basically did them wrong. And uh, so the book ends as Sinestro manifests a Green Lantern ring for all the Korrigarians in the jail cell. Oh, my. Yeah, that's really weird. And um, and then at the end of the issue, they all want to kill him with the Green Lantern. He just made him. Uh, doesn't the Green Lantern ring? Isn't that powered by like goodwill, or like don't just you have to will? Be a, just will. It's I thought you powered had to be, like, by a... willpower. Okay. Right. Yeah. Green but Lantern. I'm but I'm enjoying the title. I think Sinestro as a Green Lantern is kind of cool. And the the I mean, how Jordan? I don't know how Jordan not as the Green Lantern. Kind of lame, you know. Though I think it's a they make a good point. Like in this book, they make Sinestro look so super competent, and they make yeah, Hal yeah, Jordan look like such a buffoon. Like I think it was a second issue where like the bridge is collapsing, and Hal like saves one guy from falling, and Sinestro has the whole bridge suspended with these <laughs> green lantern <laughs> suspensions. Everybody's safe. Yeah, that's. I mean, I like that that hmm. part of the book. I think it's humorous. Carnage USA. I read that title. Oh, man. Yeah. Zeb Wells, Clayton Crane. Yeah. uh, Everyone remembers Carnage from back in the day, the spider books. 
which I became confused because I Clayton Crane sounds like somebody who would Carnage would be. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a very different name, Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, <laughs> like Clayton Crane is that Carnage? Right. Uh, so Cletus is back. I did not follow the first miniseries that this is a sequel to. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, so all you need to know is Cletus is back. He's taken over a town, uh, and they need the Avengers to come stop them with Spider-Man. Didn't Carnage die in He's 2004? Back. He's back. Sentry ripped him apart. He's back. What happened? He's back. The symbiote. All right, then. He's back. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'll let it go. No, in the uh, prologue or something, it said that uh, somebody created a super weapon and preserved preserve them or something uh, i think i, I, I think it, that's what it said in the beginning of i uh, carnage usa or I the think back it came off as if the symbiote gets a hold of you it can heal you can it right oh yeah, yeah i'm sure uh, so this this uh the story comes with <laughs> I don't know, uh the thing put on, my, put on my wiki what's weird is uh clayton crane does color and inks or he does he does pencils and then he does the rest uh which i noticed on the the credits in the beginning and hawkeye it's really it's wit it's written with wit but it doesn't fit with clayton crane's art i don't think so like hawkeye makes fun of the thing a lot uh like the thing is it kind of written like an idiot kind of like the the way back yeah. when garth ennis wrote wolverine as a big moron hawkeye hates the thing i mean it was really mean spirited. it was mean-spirited and the weirdest part is clayton crane drew the thing with a nose and did anyone else notice that? This made me <laughs> yeah. uh, did a triple take every time I looked at the thing in the book. I didn't like it actually. I didn't like the carnage. Nope. No, because it ends with a cliffhanger. Um, carnage takes over the other Avengers that help Spider Man out. So now he's fighting the Avengers and their carnages. Yeah, I thought that was pretty lame. And uh, that's I think that's below Zeb Wells' caliber, right? Yeah, I, I saw I that when Bendis did that. Yeah. Oh, it's been done before. Yeah. So I read that. And I was like, all right, I'm done. That's it. I don't need to see that. I have. I liked it. Yeah. I got to put in the disagreement chip <laughs> in the pot. Yeah, put it in the pot. I thought it was good. I think Zeb did a great job of uh, draw of uh, writing Cletus, and he kept calling the uh, old woman Martha because they're in the Kansas Colorado border. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know, Martha. What do you think? Go get me some more <laughs> lemonade, like that. And he's sitting on the swing with him, and he's like, This is what you guys do all afternoon. This is not fun, and I'm the only one pushing the swing right now. And uh, there was a couple funny moments like that, that Cletus was crazy funny. He's a psychopath. Yeah, he's, you, you he is a psychopath. You, you can't appreciate funniness when he's killing people. I'm sorry, you can't do it. When the uh, the sheriff is running in the house, because and then he's like screaming, they come up through the, he comes up through the sink or something, and then he runs up into the bathroom where his kids are getting a bath. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That yeah, was that pretty was, scary. That was a creepy scene, yeah. Their ki- his kids are, carnaged kids are running out. Oh, man. Carnaged. Um, Carnage-fied. So you're going to get number two? I'm going to get number two, I, I but I do have to agree, I originally wasn't going to read this book because the art is not up my alley. I liked his X-Force stuff, and I liked uh, his Ghost Rider stuff. Really? Clayton Crane. Yeah. I never, he was never on my radar before, but I never really started paying attention to artists until the sh- this show, so. Um, Likewise. The artist, the art is goofy I, at best, but Zeb Wells saved it for me. Always knocks it out of the park. Mark. Absolutely. Farrington checking his Facebook. Not at all. Looking uh, up. Some... Are you penning another article for your your next magazine? Is As that what's happening? Speak. Are you scheduling your next filming session for Tosh Prepping our. Why don't we just rally. plug him? Why don't we just you know? This is Mark Farrington's life. 
We just live in it. Prepping my lightning round book. Okay. But the book that I... There it is. book that I read was Avengers Extinction Number 1. Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis. For those who haven't heard, this is going to be the precursor to this summer... Or the spring's big event, the Avengers vs. the X-Men. I'm so tired of events. Have we talked about that? Event fatigue? Let's no, talk about no, it right now. Do we <laughs> patented Jonesy side rail <laughs> of the show? Drink. So what did you think of X-Sanction? Book opens with the Avengers in a typical mission, getting ready to finish off the Masters of Evil. And the Falcon, Sam Wilson is flying. He gets sniped in the back by some random shooter. He gets carried away to a base. Cap finds out that his partner is missing, goes to find that he is being held in a tank, hostage, injured, and Cable holds a gun to his head. Cap says, what are you doing? We can help you. I see you're in pain. Cable says, I have to do this. Sorry, Cap. They go at it. Book starts fast and ends faster. It was a blockbuster book, uh, pure popcorn entertainment. Mm-hmm. Part of the fun of superheroes is always arguing with your buddies who'd win in a fight. Mm-hmm. And... You don't get very bigger than the Avengers and the X-Men franchises. So it's just going to be fun to see. This I, book didn't oh, sorry. Go ahead. Book didn't really have any weight to it, but it was just fun. I think I read that um all four issues are going to focus on Cable taking on a different Avenger. Right. And uh I like I like that. I mean, obviously that's kind of like milk in the prelude to X-Sanction kind of thing, but it is what it is. I think um this title was definitely meant to be like a, a drawn title for people who, you know, maybe they're trying to get people that have lapsed to want to come back to reading or they want to get new readers. You know, the Avengers is going to be a big movie. X-Men First Class did so well. So maybe they're going to draw in. And I think Jeff Loeb is usually the right person for that job. You now he's written for a lot of TV. You know, he just he knows how to get the casual viewer in. Mm-hmm. And this book definitely reads like an hour long you know, Fox episode that he could have written. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And you said it, Jeff Loeb can get that casual reader and he can pepper the book for the experienced reader to know that this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he really bridges the, the audiences between comics fans and kind of like the new kid on the block that's probably picking it up for the first time. The only thing that bothered me, and I guess this is more about a commentary about the industry than the book, is Cable died one year ago in the X-Men crossover Second Coming. And I thought it was Messiah War. No, that was no. that was like three Some years ago. Okay. Wacky crossover. He died. You didn't see his body, but he's basically trapped in another dimension, and his arm pops off. So you don't see the body. You know he's not dead. My point is they don't even try to milk deaths for dramatic effect anymore. It's basically the same death that Johnny Storm just went through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's one year later, and Cable's back. But the, my problem with that book was he was he's brought back to life in the first issue, but then you're told that he's going to die in 24 hours. So now you have to be emotionally excited that he's back, but then also, oh, he's going to die again in 24 hours. So now I have to, you know, be excited about his mm-hmm. death. Like, I, don't, I don't care. It's Cable. Come on. 
It is it's Cable. not like he'll be gone for good. Yeah, he's a time traveler. We'll just get another version of him for another timeline. If there's one character that epitomizes all of the bad 90s comic cliches, it's Cable. Dude, remember his first costume? It had like a vest with 90 pockets on it. He had shoulder pads about shoulder as big, pad, 10 feet out. Headset with the antenna that went up. His, a gun uh, about as big as me and you combine. His first appearance in the animated series I loved, though. I, mean, I got, a, I got yeah, a pretty big... That was... Yeah, that was good. That was great. Pretty big Titan pair of jeans when that happened. Yeah. I, I, wait, what is it? He appears in Genosha, and he mm-hmm. rips Henry Gyrick out of the car. He talks yeah. like John Wayne, too. Yeah. Like, uh, all his lines are one-liners. He had that gun that he would shoot something, and then three seconds later, it would, it would explode. explode. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I remember going... Oh my god, they brought Cable into the into the series? I was like blown away. How cool was his little computer that he would just use to teleport? Body oh, yeah, slide yeah. by one to HQ. We're we're running out of time. We need to get to the lightning round. You haven't done your books, huh? Yeah, oh, I did. did. I did. Carnage did? USA. Carnage oh, that's USA. right. It was so bad I tried to... Uh... Yeah, you blocked it out yeah. already. We're so, doing... lightning round, we wow. we need to power through this. We're not even doing two two rounds in a lightning no, round. No, we, we can't. We don't have time. We are almost out of tape. Uh, lightning round... Two sentences or less, another book that you're reading right now. We need bigger tape. Jonesy. Daredevil, issue six. (laughs) Daredevil, issue six. All the fun stuff's out of the way. Time to get down to the nitty-gritty. Ooh, go on, girl. (laughs) Uh, Lightning round. Dale. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Nightwing. Dick Grayson. Going after some Robin Redbreast. He owns a circus. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a boob joke? I couldn't tell. Sacrifice. It was. Creator owned from the man that brought you Our Love is Real. I like that book. Not as taboo this time around. Mm. Right here first. Set in the same universe, Slim? Mark Farrington. Voltron, Defender of the Universe number one. There he is. Thank God for IDW, or I might have quit comics altogether. IDW can take a one-dimensional cartoon property and turn it into an effing epic. Whoa, effing thrown around. So it was nothing. worth the three ninety nine price tag? Uh, don't answer that. This is the lightning <laughs> round. <laughs> so light. you do not have follow-up questions. Lightning rebuttal. Man, I have so <laughs> Lightning rebuttals come the, the week after, <laughs> as evidenced by Incredible Hulk, number one. The abomination that was. It's not that bad. Oh, but you can follow up with comments Star about four Man episodes. Sins of the Father. James Robinson, Tony Harris. You just got a big... Something in your pants, he didn't you? One doctors. of my favorite books. <laughs> Woke up and I'm ready for the conversation. <laughs> he now wants to do the show, folks. 40 <laughs> minutes in. Jack Knight. Starman. Yeah. The story of Jack Knight. A geek who cares more about yesterday than tomorrow. Man, your voice is so mesmerizing right now. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. We talk about Starman like that. He is the odd man out in his family where his brother and his father a founding member of the Justice Society of America. Lame. They cared about science and superheroics. He cared more about antiques and collectibles, kung fu, and just hanging out. I it's love like this effing book. Fantastic book. I 
didn't know anything about Starman except for that Zero cover. Was that Zero Hour? Was that what that what that that time frame was? Right. That's when it started in the Zero Hour. Um, for whatever reason, I thought Starman was a character that was like a JSA character. Like there was an older version, and then my dad read it. I don't know why I thought that. You are correct. There was a Starman from the JSA during the World War II era, and Jack. The story of Starman that we're talking about, Volume 2, is the story of his son. Hmm. Okay. Um, Was the Starman of old the Starman, the the father in this book, Theodore Knight? That is correct. Ted Knight, as his buddies call him. Or Theo. Teddy Teddy K. Theo. Theo K. One thing that I uh, thought of when reading this entire uh, trade, which you can get on Comixology right now. So go get it. Cheap look. John Cusack as Starman. Oh yeah, well, I can see there that. You I can see that. There you I can go. There you go. Like circa, circa, say anything. Yeah, absolutely. I can I mean, definitely I, see that. that. The whole series, I was picturing John Cusack, you know, doing that comic book. He had that. Yeah, he had the boots and the mm-hmm. the coat. I'm pretty sure it was modeled know. after him. Oh, so we God. might want to contact the writer, Mr. Robinson. I can tell you this: that that guy, I think he's the nicest guy in comics. I've tweeted him three times, and he's tweeted me back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a filter for his name? Does he search his name? You think, or no? No, I don't think he would know how to. Okay. I get the impression. I just he's I tweeted old... him directly, and I just wanted to say thanks for the shade and star, man. Look at you! You tweeted me back. You're a tweeter stallion. The, Twallion. Twallion. the book opens with David Knight, Jack's older brother, Ted Knight's oldest son. On his first night out as the new Starman, his father is retired after a recent battle, and David, being the the apple of his father's eye, he takes up the costume and goes out on patrol. It opens with him talking about what he's done on his first night. He prevented a bank robbery. He stopped a drug deal. He saved a woman from a mugging. He lands on a perch to overlook the city and just reflect on how much he loves this. Having a great night. Next panel, shot. Falls so many stories down to the ground and is dead. Dead. Starman's dead. First first section of the book. Dead night. And that's how we are introduced to the Starman epic. I almost, I I went into this, you know, obviously knowing nothing, so that was a cool little uh, snippet. Um, you can almost kind of smell that something was happening in the next page. Like, you know, this is getting this is too weird, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He's going to get sniped in the chest. I smell I got it. a good feeling about it. Um... I liked overall. I liked the uh, fact that he didn't want to be the hero. Are there any other? Are there that many comics where? I mean, maybe now there are, but back then, where there was a hero that maybe wasn't in the mood to be the hero. You know, he was so anti. Wanted anything to do with it. He was kind of a J off. Not that I can think of, and that's one of the endearing things about the character Jack Knight. Uh, Obviously, this guy is a World War... His father, Starman, is a World War II hero, JSA founding member, so he's a big deal. And growing up, Jack was just making fun of it. Mm -hmm. He thought his costume was lame. He thought his powers was lame. He didn't understand why somebody would go waste their time doing this. There's that great scene where he, like, pops open the footlocker, and he gets the uh, staff, and then he goes to... He, like, pulls up the costume, and he's like... Put that back down in there. (laughs) Yeah, he was very anti-costume. He was not about to ever wear it. Um, the The father and son theme. I like. I'm an idiot. I knew that was the title of the book, but it didn't hit me um, that there was two different levels until 
I think issue three, where the mist sun, it was the mist sun, right? Mm-hmm. It was the mist. Where yeah. you almost see this other parallel between the mist sun is you know taking over the mantle as leading kind of the gang, you know at least on the street, and he's fighting Starman who has taken up the Starman's mantle. And it didn't, I don't know why, it just didn't hit me until their battle. We're like, oh, you know, this other guy is going through the same kind of S, you know, and he had this heart-to-heart with his sister about, you know, him needing to come back alive. Yeah, I didn't think about that either until it was just about time to do yeah. that. Yeah. It was, it was, I I enjoyed it. Um, it was short, you know, the first trade, because it's, it's, I think it was the zero issue and then... The first one, two, three? three. Yeah, zero through three. Um, Four was a standalone, mm-hmm. and five was kind of a standalone too. Five was a standalone. Um, part three, it was just kind of a day in the life of. He just had this epic battle, his first battle with a quote unquote supervillain. And another thing I liked was he killed the bad guy. And issue number four, this guy is so morbid. You didn't see it coming. <laughs> I love the uh, that guy died, <laughs> killed it. He killed it. He killed it. Did it right? Um. I can't say enough about this book. To me, this book was a breath of fresh air in the 90s when everybody was embracing being more violent, gun-toting like we were joking about with Cable, um, shoulder pad wearing. This guy was just a normal, average guy who was a self-admitted geek who loved collecting things. He didn't want to be a hero. He didn't have any patience for it. And he spent a lot of his inner monologue doubting himself and counting all of the things he's doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Like the scene where he breaks back into his apartment to, was it to look for another gravity rod to help fight the Miss Sun? Yeah. And anyway, he's just going off about, you know, if I were destined to be a hero, if I were doing this the right way, I wouldn't be on a rooftop. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the flashlight on which sipped off the bad guys. Little things yeah. like that just made me love it. I think the, uh, I mean, the first since the first arc was only three, three, four issues long, that was perfect because for someone like me who didn't even really know Starman, I didn't know anything about Starman until I read it. That's perfect size arc to kind of get your, to whet your appetite for something. If it were like six issues long or something drug out, it probably wouldn't have been as fun and as interesting. Yeah. But there's the first arc and then two standalone issues. I mean, it's a, it is great. I actually think issue zero like when I started reading issue zero, like I really had a hard time getting into it, like the history of Opal City and all that stuff. I was kind of yeah, like, oh, I actually did this, too. Where's this going? But then once you're introduced to the Jack character, the story starts to pop. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this book troped me into liking it. Nice. Young young hero loses the MacGuffin to the uh, the villain, then has to spend a couple issues rebuilding his power. And yeah. then while he rebuilds the you know the physical artifacts, he's also discovering stuff about himself. It's so, almost like a video game. How like you're starting out at level one, and the the boss fight is like level it's one. It's early, yeah. yeah. It's early, yeah. It's like a mid boss maybe, but I mean, the, like <laughs> he's <laughs> that fight. I mean, I, th- that was kind of corny, maybe the fight. But I guess maybe because I always pictured the uh, the mist sun to be a lot more powerful than he was. Mm-hmm. And they never wrote it to be like he was trying he was trying otherwise. Yeah. Um what's the deal with the shade? The shade kind of threw me for the loop in this book. I know it's too I know awesome he, for you. The shade I don't think he was awesome. I was I as a new reader that only knows about the shade in 
my review. And you, yeah, your <laughs> review, Mark. You know, getting all hot and bothered about the shade. Fantastic character. Um, I don't understand. I, he just felt like an odd placed, oddly placed character in this trade for a new reader. I think it was weird that they introduced him as well as the main villains of the story because he was—he's just a side story, really. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a place, and they introduced him what in issue one. So I thought that was kind of weird too because yeah. he didn't really have a place in the story. He didn't need to be there, but James Robinson insisted on writing him from the very beginning for hmm. some reason. It almost seems like he was awesome though. Right, I agree that I Robinson him. wanted to. I also agree that uh, he wanted to put two types of a hero in one story. The young, you know, kind of definitely an experienced Jack Knight character kind of thrust into the hero role. And then he also wanted to put in like the anti-hero that he couldn't have. And that's kind of like this, the shade, this like kind of cosmopolitan smooth hero. And I don't know. It it just felt like two stories fighting for the same pages. Mm -hmm. Your original point that you'd made that, it was kind of a chore to get through issue zero, which I can completely agree with you. There was not a throwaway line in that book. Having read the entire 80-issue series, the history of the city, all of the characters, everything comes together. Really? Everything. And, um, and then, you know, maybe if I read all of the issues looking back, I could understand its importance. But, you know, yeah, I to a new see reader, a place for it. To a new reader, it's slow. It felt more like a hurdle than an introduction. I thought it was weird. I never paid attention to comics back i was a very late comer so you know early 90s that early 90s stuff i didn't pay attention to i didn't know i didn't expect an issue zero i thought that was kind of a yeah. new thing that was i think i don't that was the only time frame that they did it it correct? started off with the zero hour in 93 94 there was like a bunch um, of other every, zero hour i think every title had a zero issue but title. this is the, one of the maybe oh, okay. one or only a few that started a series with a zero issue, right? Right, and the intention of the zero issue was to tell the origin of a character in some way. Like, for instance, in the Robin series, Zero Issue with Tim Drake, he, due to some sort of time event, he teamed up with Dick Grayson as Robin, and they recounted the character's origins. This one they just used as a perfect jumping-on point. Yeah. I Uh, thought the uh, issue zero's lettering... I thought the whole thing lettering had was that was rocky. I mean, it was tough to read. It was tough to read. It kind of hurt my eyes. Yeah, Um, the lettering was a little wonky. Like, and at first I thought it was maybe you know maybe if this was on a retina display, uh, it would look good. But even I zoomed in and it was still difficult to see in guided view. Yeah, that was probably. I can't think of another comic that I had that much trouble with the lettering. Mm -mm. Um, I don't know how its progress is later on in the series. I mean, I know it lasts. Why wasn't why wasn't this one part of the new fifty two? This seems like an ideal I choice. Agree. Because why did it end? The title James Robinson had a finite story, so he oh. had a start and end point. Okay. But from what I understand, James Robinson has some sort of creator ownership over Jack Knight, hmm. which is why when the series ends, you don't see him in DC. Fans have been clamoring for him to come back ever since, but no writer will ever pick him up and use him. He was in that. Jeff Johns and David Goyer's JSA for 20 issues. But really? Oh, and before oh, I forget, mm-hmm, before I forget, another thing that I loved about this series was Jack's relationship with his father. Um, I'm an only child, so I can't relate, but you get the impression very early on that Jack's older brother, David, is the favorite child of his father. And so that brews a little bit of resentment with uh, between 
Jack, his father, and his brother. And after he finds out his brother died, he's in shock like he would be. And he spends the first three issues just debating to himself, my brother died. How do I feel about that? Yeah. And even as he's fighting the mist, the guy who killed his brother, he's recounting some of his memories growing up with his brother. Some of them are bad. Like they're fighting like all brothers do. He pours sand on his face. And some are good, like he buys them. It was a weird <laughs> Happens all the time. Wasn't it? I mean, the kid's mouth Brothers. is wide open and it's getting sand poured in it. And then Rude. it shows him defending his brother and his brother giving him birthday tickets. And at the end, he realizes that I might not have liked my brother, but I loved him. Right. And the fifth issue is, sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. The fifth issue is the first of what became an annual tradition every year of talking with David, in which case... Jack is talking with his brother's ghost at a cemetery. He didn't really get it. He's kind of confused, and they start fighting. And at the end of the fight, they start to have a conversation. And David just opens up to him. He says, hey, look, I was jealous of you. I grew up trying to envy Dad, and you did your own thing. Uh, You were your own man, and I was just, my life was laid out for me. And that's why Dad had a problem with you. You reminded him so much of Mom, who passed away. Hmm. I tell you, uh, I love this scene where uh, David has just died and uh, Theo is lying hurt in the hospital bed. And, you know, father and son have the first tiff of many in this trade. And uh, there's that great scene where Jack walks out and he's like, you know, why do I care? I spent my whole life not trying to care. Why am I in here now? I don't care. And he's like convincing himself. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a human moment that you could read it in the comic and be like, this guy's just a, you know, D-bag. But, like, you got to think that's that's his defense mechanism, and that's, you know, the writer's way of showing it. And in mm-hmm. a way that's kind of brilliant, very human thing, like, very small, surrounded by this epic superhero story. And it, it really brings you into this. I think that moment brought me in. I bought yeah. in at that point. Also, Jack Knight is just, I think it's awesome, his hobby. The stuff he collects when the when his shop is burning down and he starts inter-monologuing all the stuff he's losing in a fire right now. He's like, you know, painted ties from the 1940s, Kamehameha Hawaiian, original Hawaiian shirts. Like all this old vintage stuff that is like the coolest stuff. And I want to I walk into a shop and see the stuff that he was selling in his shop. It's just the coolest collectible stuff ever. Ever. I before we're running out of time. My I think one of my favorite Great parts book. of the book was the final two pages of issue three, where it did like a teaser for future issues, where it talked about it gave the background bio for a character, and then mentioned how he was at one point a Starman or the Starman. Oh yeah, that was cool. The uh, the that. alien Starman, and then another guy. There were two. There was a Starman from the eighties who is named I think Gavin. And then there was one who is blue skin called Mikhail Thomas, mm. who's still used now. He was a Starman. We uh, maybe maybe we'll read uh, Starman. You know, maybe another trade down the line. Yeah. So I anyway, I tweeted. So I tweeted James D. Robinson. I said thanks to the shade. I I've learned about Starman. I would have never known Starman without the shade. So I just wanted to thank you, and of course Mark Farrington for picking the book this week. Mm. But uh, he's like, thanks, Dale. I really appreciate your support. Thanks. Did I'm you like, say Dale or Dale? I'm just right. He said Dale. Okay. So thanks, Dale. Starman. And, and then what did you say? I said I favorited that tweet. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna DM you my home address. 
Starman to me is a series. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Closing thoughts, Mark. That's my cue. No, you you got time to say your closing thoughts. <laughs> Starman. It's funny. You two usually look at each other, <laughs> and then <laughs> I was just like, "Forget it. I'm playing it." <laughs> closing thoughts on what was a great trade, Starman, Mark Farad. Starman is a series that was start, middle, and end, definitive storyline. But to me, it is so good that it makes me read. We got you that. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me read anything James Robinson is on. It's a series that I'll recommend to somebody who wants to read an offbeat superhero, not the traditional tights, flights, and spandex. Hmm. And you really want a heartfelt epic. Highly recommend it. You'll be in it for the long haul. What else? Uh, what else did he write? I, just quick. I know we need to get to letters, but quickly, what other titles has he written? Stink Eye. He's given us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Producer Mar- um, Robinson's <laughs> biggest other book. It was a one-shot book entitled "The Golden Age." It was the end of the DC Golden Age, mm-hmm. which is actually so big that I was considering suggesting it for a book club. Really okay. highly regarded. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's get to the letters. Or something. Can I? Yeah, Can I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you That's right, busted it out We will read your letters on the show uh, Lettersofpaperkeg.com We have an email address If you want to shoot us a letter Maybe we'll read it on the air Maybe Probably. Maybe, you guys, Probably. maybe you guys want to buy me the Starman Omnibus series. Omnibus, Omnibuy. Uh, Mark, do we have any? Uh, do we have any letters this week? We have quite possibly the shortest letter we have ever gotten from Nikki Bonds, entitled "Long Live Team Titus Farrington." Good riddance. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> As you can wow. see, Nikki, I am back. But the Tituses, shout out to them. They did a phenomenal job. They did a great what job. What a politician! We got some great feedback. I get a lot like that, and I shut down. <laughs> we got so much. Fe- we got some great feedback on those two shows. It was, was it was fantastic out. when Mark wasn't here. We got some great <laughs> feedback, but he's back now. Thanks. Like it or lump it. Thanks, Mark. My producer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Another one shot out the Titus is from Craig saying, "Just wanted to say that I came across your podcast after reading the comic book shops, Titus and Sarah shop weekly email, and now I'm hooked. Patrick and Sarah run the best shop. I'm a customer. A couple of quick questions. I'm a huge Savage Dragon fan." So does anyone from the podcast read Savage Dragon? And if so, what are your thoughts on Dragon's son, Malcolm, taking over the book? And I... thoughts on Larson writing, penciling, and inking the book for almost 20 years without a reboot or a renumber? I have read Eric Larson's Twitter <laughs> and have spoken to him in person. You uh, humble brag. I just called a jumpy. Oh I just called a jumpy right there. Drink. And uh, I will tell you that I did watch the short-lived cartoon. But I have never picked up a single issue of Savage Dragon. Do you remember the Savage Dragon theme song? Oh, God. No, Wildcats. Oh, wow. That's the space in my brain that Wildcats occupies. <laughs> I, I have. It's funny. I the only issue I've ever read of Savage Dragon was recently in the comics app. Um, and I think the second issue it has the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it. Ooh. Like he teams up with them in the second or third issue. Nice. Really? Yeah. Um, I think we should do Savage Dragon for a book club. I think we should too. I'd Let's be okay do it. with that. I mean, just to give props, guy hasn't renumbered, relaunched. He's doing it all himself for twenty years. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand how it can do it. To That's be honest, nutty. That's My love. favorite one of his tweets, and it said, 
Humble brag. Yeah. Right here. Oh, it, you favorite the tweet. <laughs> humble brag. Hashtag. Uh, no, he was like, uh, <laughs> um, it's. It was like it's hard to believe that I my book has higher numbers than the books that I've read since I was a kid. He's humble bragging right now. That's yeah. Wait, what did he say? He said it's something to the effect of, um, "It's hard to believe that my book, Savage Dragon, is a, such a high numbering, and the books that I read when I was a kid are like at like number five or number six. Mm. He said it was it's weird looking at a comic rack and seeing that. Oh, I see. You mean the individual issue numbers? Yeah, not correct. Sales. Okay, yeah. it's a pretty epic. I mean, it's twenty years. I can't. Been... I don't understand how he did it. To be honest, but good how for does him. it? I mean, I guess it makes enough money to... I I mean, you can't really know hi, how many hi. books sell, but I do look at the Comics Beats breakdown of the Diamond shipments, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like less than 20000 a month. I guess something he's, I mean, like he's that. got the heart to keep it's doing the royalties it. from the Savage Dragon cartoon, bro. I mean, he doesn't have to pay uh, an artist. He doesn't have to pay a writer. He's probably got so much money from that image. Ordeal. I have no Who idea. Knows? Yeah, that's right. No he idea. was a publisher for. I was going to yeah, say, isn't Larson one of the senior managers yeah. in He's like Image? some kind of executive. I don't know what that. Wasn't he one of the one of the founders? Some, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he was a founding member. Money. The, I, I, the, what is Bone? Is the only other one, or what's that other uh, book? Cerebus. 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 Uh, Cerebus. Don, Don Garvey lent me the uh, the first thick. On the bus, I'm like, what is this Aardvark doing? Aardvark. <laughs> I don't understand There's it. A, I, I've read the wiki on that. Apparently, it's very controversial the way it yeah. ends. The writer gets into some funky stuff religiously and morally. I don't know. Spawn's in it. Or he's in Spawn. Yeah. Can I throw out a disclaimer? Going back to two conversations ago, one line. If you're interested in Starman, don't read the wiki because it's a huge series spoiler. Okay. I did that the hard way. Good thing I didn't. Keep the interns off of it. Huge series spoiler. Don't do it. Do we have any other letters this week? Mark Farrington, published writer. Yeah, Catcher has dropped kind of a bombshell going back to our earlier question from today. Books he's dropped and still reading from the New 52. We did poll the listeners. Hmm. Books he dropped, Resurrection Man and Stormwatch. One, he's waiting for the trade. Unlike Jonesy, he found Stormwatch to be loads of fun. Catcher, it's okay. You can't always be right, bro. <laughs> and books he's keeping are Animal Man, Swamp Thing, Action Comics, Batman, Green Lantern, Batwoman, Justice League, and a special note, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Robin, and Flash are going digital. But he ended with a question to us. Hmm. After spending all this time reading, I get the feeling that the new 52 started strong, but as the issues continue, the same traps from the past are slowly starting to bubble. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. I think my comments, my comments earlier in the show, I definitely agree that it's definitely they tried to ju- you know have this huge pop, and now that the pop's over, they have no idea where to go. Uh, yeah, no, that's I mean very perceptive catcher. I don't I don't think about that stuff, but it's true. I think it is true, but that's and again, what's not said in the uh, press releases well, and stuff. This Canadian's are very wise. Oh, he's a Canadian? Yeah. Ah, jeez. And you know what? Some of those writers in the New 52, like my old boy Jeff Johns, he couldn't write a single issue to save his life. I don't think he could do it. Pound. Man, poundage. It's crazy to see through 37 episodes how your love for Jeff Johns is just... (laughs) Has rusted a minute. (laughs) It was a fling, I guess. It's like a candle that burned It was a fling. I respect the man, and he's written some of my favorite comics, but it's not the same. Got old. 
Can't keep doing what you a do. fantastic episode we've had. Back in the wind column, You're baby. You're going to let him get dressed after you kick him out of your bed, Mark, or what? <laughs> well, well. You're just going to put him, put him out in the street. Clean yourself up. I'll be trolled by the Walk next episode. Jim Lee will be out front in the car waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, we will be discussing... Batman Noel. Yeah, and what was the uh, uh, magazine that you uh, wrote for? What was that called? Magazine called Rations, actually. Rations. Wow. Rations. Number real... one. You can download the PDF or read it online. Comicsnob.com. This guy. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us, even though you're a big star now, Mark. I yeah. appreciate it. Appreciate I mean, it. nobody trolls me like you guys do. We <laughs> love you. We love you. Next week, we'll have Robin Williams on to talk about The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> His role. His role. <laughs> Uh, no, but a fantastic episode, I think. Absolutely. So. We're Re- back, baby. Review us on iTunes if you're bored and on the crapper. Doubt it. That's where we do our reviews. <laughs> See everybody next Mark, week. Mark, I want you to have it. Peace and out. Last words. You can. Tennessee